what to do right now. I have uh, Echo behind me. You can't see, but he's sitting at the bathroom door again because Mark is in the shower and Echo does not leave Mark's side. <laughs> yeah, Winston like is pretty much follows me around down here everywhere that I go to the point like where he gets underfoot and I almost fall over him multiple oh, yeah. times on a regular bit on a regular basis. Echo's like four Winstons and I always fall over him. <laughs> I think it's less to do with the dogs and more to do with us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then I think we're all here. We're all rolling. All right. Let's get started then. Uh, welcome back, dear listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. I am Tim. I am going to be hosting this 196th episode of our podcast, and I'm coming to you from Ontario. I have Yay. made it back. Yes. Hey, welcome back. I have made it back onto home soil as of about, well, a little less than a week ago as we're recording this. So I'm currently coming to you from my sister's basement in Port Colborne, which is where I'm doing my mandatory two-week quarantine. So, and I'm not working or anything right now. So this is like fucking time has no meaning whatsoever. Like I'm just... Welcome to the rest of us, buddy. Like, this is what the rest of us have been feeling like for like a month up here. <laughs> so joining me, yes, what joining me that? from uh, from their, not, not necessarily quarantine, but shelter in place in Milton, Ontario, are Mark and Paul. Hi, guys. What up, y'all? <laughs> and we have Christy joining us because we're doing an episode that she gives a shit about. I give Yay. a shit! <laughs> so welcome christy back this is like a whole fucking whole deck we're playing with well i don't think yeah. i think i think maybe between the four of us we're playing with a full deck at the moment none of us are playing with a full deck right now i think <laughs> so i think you're okay i don't understand how the world functions anymore <laughs> it doesn't really so. it doesn't apparently yeah, yeah it's, hey. it's weird times but this covid Sucks. Yeah, basically. This this podcast is so that people can take their mind off of that. So with that, there are some bits and pieces of news we can talk about this week. Let's see. Uh, first off, Disney has announced a female-centric Star Wars show, streaming show on Disney Plus uh, from Leslie Headland, who's the uh, co-creator of Russian Doll, which I've oh. not watched yet, but I've heard it was really good. I loved Russian Doll. It yeah, was, it was really uh, enjoyable. Yeah, it might be because of Natasha Leone because she's generally like one of my favorite things to watch on screen. She's just fucking hilarious. But yeah, the show itself and the concept was higher concept than I expected and was really cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I've heard is it's like kind of fucking Groundhog Day on steroids kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that seems accurate. Apparently, it's going to be set in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects, which I'm always a fan of exploring different parts of the star wars timeline so i mean if it's just like oh here's one year that we've never shown you in before within that 40 year time span that we've been showing you for the past 40 years then i'm not going to be super hyped but if it's like oh here's 50 years before that or something then that could be cool yeah, but there's not much. I mean, that's just freshly announced, so not much information there. Westworld got renewed for a fourth season, and they've uh, HBO said it will not be the last season. As uh, oh no, sorry, that this season won't be the last. So yeah, so they're getting at least one more season of Westworld, which this season has been fucking really good so far. So I haven't actually watched it since the first season. We're gonna binge it. Yeah, the second season. Not as good as the first. I still enjoyed it. Um, but this third season, I've definitely been enjoying more than the second so far. Uh, and it's only like six episodes in right now. But um, it takes everything like back out into the real world. And Dolores has this whole fucking scheme to like upend society and everything. And Whoa, it spoilers. just culminated. 
it just culminated in last week's episode and it's fucking intense. So yeah. 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 Mark and I are in the same boat as Christy. We've done season one and maybe like, mm-hmm. I think I, I'm certain I've watched the first episode and a half of season two and was like, eh, so I'm, but I, I also have heard from other sources besides Tim, but I trust Tim's judgment that it has gotten better. So I will watch it. There's so many actors on that show that I absolutely adore. So I ne- I'd never want to give it up because I love Evan oh, yeah. Rachel Wood. I love Thandie Newton. Tessa mm-hmm. Thompson's fucking killing uh, it this season as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I need to watch it. Me too. Yeah. Eventually. Let's see what else has happened. Uh, This I didn't watch, but I did see the article on it, which sounded pretty cool, which is so there was a big like BBC fundraising event, like comic relief uh, fundraising event last night or uh, yeah, last night. And they had like basically a Zoom call with every living doctor from Doctor Who on it, with the exception of Chris Eccleston, because he just doesn't do Doctor Who shit anymore. Still, that's cool. Yes, Tennant and uh, Matt Smith and Sylvester. I can't remember his last name. And Tom Baker and uh, and Jody Whitaker. And then the new uh, new female doctor from this current season or this last season now. I guess it's over. Uh, yeah, like uh, 10 different doctors all on one screen at the same time, which looks pretty awesome. I'm glad they didn't get Zoom bombed while they were... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if it was actually Zoom. Screaming something horribly <laughs> racist or whatever. Yeah. But. That would have been amazing and terrible and amazing. <laughs> yeah. We got Zoom bombed. The, uh, the gallery got Zoom bombed a couple times. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> were you there dicks? It. I made a face. Were there dicks? I, yeah, no, Christy's I don't doing visual bits visual right back to normal. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I did not uh, think to ask if there were dicks. Oh, you you didn't you didn't get to witness it yourself. I didn't. What a shame. Oh, it's too so bad. upsetting. <laughs> uh, let's see what else did I have. FX has ordered a animated series pilot uh, from Dan Harmon. It, that Im- involves also involves Audrey, Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito. Oh man, yes. It's, yeah, it's called Little Demon and sounds like it's something about a devil kind of thing. Uh, half hour animated comedy uh, produced by and starring Danny DeVito, Dan Harmon as an EP. Yeah, so I mean that's a pretty fucking intense creative team. Yeah, I'll uh, watch that. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So basically Danny DeVito plays the devil and he knocked up a he knocked up Aubrey Plaza and then they've had an antichrist daughter which is actually played by Danny DeVito's real life daughter Lucy DeVito. Oh. Cool. <laughs> so. I mean nepotism, but okay, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, look Anime at Animated is a smart way to go these man. days. Yeah. So, yeah. Look look at Shit's Creek, man. Uh, nepotism worked in the favor of that fucking show. It sure I did. haven't watched that final. I haven't watched beyond the first season of Shit's Creek yet. Oh, I'm up to season five because that was everything that was on Netflix. Um, but I've I've got season six downloaded now, so I'm that's gonna be one of the things I'll finish up watching before yeah. I exit quarantine for sure. I found the first season of Shit's Creek a little bit uneven, but it does get better as it goes along. Yeah. Once I agree. you get a once you get a better handle on the characters and once they let Catherine O'Hara loose a little bit more <laughs> like the crazier she gets the better the show yeah. is generally yeah, more more rose is by far one of the best parts of the show 100 percent, absolutely yeah. but, uh, and she uh, was apparently like really reluctant to be on it like they had to really sell her uh to to do a, a like 
you know, ongoing TV show kind of thing, but I'm glad they did. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing I had, uh, one of you guys is going to have to help me with the context for this because I've heard a lot about One Punch Man, but I've never watched it or heard any. But I'm a uh, fan, so I okay. will help. But the writers of Venom are making a One Punch Man movie for for Sony. Uh, so, Paul, tell us about One Punch Man and why this is a terrible idea. Okay, so One Punch Man is a manga anime uh, that is a satire on superheroes where there's a guy uh, named Saitama who can kill anyone in one punch and he is kind of seen as like this b levels or even c level superhero that nobody cares about but he can pretty much ruin everybody and all these super serious things are happening around him and he's just kind of like bored all the time it's really funny and really irreverent and a really good send-up of superhero comics in general but it's also like a really clever satire and if Venom was a very clever satire, they really buried the lead on that one. So, um, I uh, this is this is a horrible idea. It's a bad, bad, horrible idea. I highly recommend One Punch Man. It's funny as shit, and especially if you like superhero stuff. I know, like, it's anime, and so it's got a little bit of a Japanese twist on what superheroes are. But it's definitely like if you enjoy superhero satire it's really really good and this is just this is just bad news like i (laughs) i remember reading the headline and i screamed no so badly that mark thought that i had injured myself working out because i was (laughs) like it was like such a pained no i came to check on him actually i was worried about him (laughs) i was not okay (laughs) he like he yelped like he'd hurt himself right it wasn't even like a it was, it was like, like a, a pained animal. No! <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if the... I guess the writing was... Yeah, I guess the writing was mostly to blame for Venom. Like it's like it was, in the wind. Yeah. It was, it was directed okay, but like nobody could polish that fucking turd of a script. Mm, no. So... No. And uh, this this is just a terrible idea, and I hate it, and I want it to be gone forever. Put it away. <laughs> I hope that the the collective negative reaction from the internet has given this production team a big fucking clue that they shouldn't touch this, but probably <laughs> not. And it's going to be another horrible anime adaptation from Hollywood because we're not allowed to have nice things. Oh, <laughs> this guy also wrote Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, well, before... And the Dark Tower. Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ. God damn it. Why does this guy still have a job in Hollywood at all? Because, it, because he also wrote the two Jumanji movies that made a billion dollars. Uh, the new Jumanji upwards. movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the rock ones. Yeah. <laughs> Which are not excellently written movies but are entertaining at least yeah Yeah. all right well uh before before we let paul go too far deep into a pit of despair let's move on to our next segment and christy's gonna help me with this because she's here it's time for geek of the week geek of the week geek of the week (laughs) 
which is our segment where we just watched Paul or Mark's uh, fucking spirit just leave his body. I think uh, <laughs> no, I'm so baked right them. now. I'm I'm already like I was I was prepped for it. I'm very very. You're already so, you're already dissociated. Yeah, yeah kind of <laughs> dissociated, inoculated, all those things. Yeah, yeah, inoculated with bleach, or uh, or did you go for ammonia? Uh, yeah, ammonia was my. <laughs> Wasn't it solvents? I was thinking pine salt. Pine salt, I feel like had like that nice minty kind of thing going on, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Did you think it would cure your COVID? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I just did like a good bleach enema this morning, and I feel right as rain. I mean, there's a lot of burning and bleeding, but I feel like that's that's good, right? It's like cleaning it out of me. Yeah. You just yeah. got to get the light right inside of you somehow. And so <laughs> that's how where the bleach goes in I that know. was that was the one i was confused about am i supposed to swallow <laughs> led strips now i don't know you're supposed to shove an led a uv light up your ass yeah some then... of those flexible ones and then like yeah. you know, they'll come out your butt like a you know like a dog that's like swallowed a piece of string awesome that's exciting <laughs> i'm excited I, for this i don't understand i don't understand <laughs> Hopefully our, hopefully our listeners understand what we're talking about. But if not, I'm not giving context to this. I don't. <laughs> it helps when you don't elect a talk show host as, you know, your president. It just usually. like it just like hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah. It hurts. So well, bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, the bleaching bleach, your asshole yeah, does absolutely really does. hurt pretty bad, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. So who's going to do their geek of the week? All right, let's go to Christy first. Uh, okay. So this is our segment where we talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. And because Christy has not been on in a bit, we'll go to you first. What's your geek of the week, Christy? I, this week, just blasted through Pokemon Shield. Just like hardcore, just went nuts with it. It was so fun. I don't remember the last time I had this much fun playing a Pokemon game because it's been a, it's been like a solid few years. I think the last time I really sat down and played Pokemon it was Pokemon Silver. So which one? What what did you play? Sword and Shield? Yeah. I, okay, I missed that part. You well, glitched for a second. Oh yeah, it's uh it's Shield. There's uh Pokemon Sword and then there's Pokemon Shield. So there's two yeah. different versions as per Yeah, Paul's having an internal meltdown right now. Yeah, I can feel Paul melting down from this side of the house. <laughs> Paul, Paul, not such a fan of Sword and Shield. Yeah. You didn't like it? I think that it's like one of the worst entries in the series in a oh. long time. And it's just graphically, like Mark can attest to this. He was watching me play for a little while. The graphic pop in and the frame rate drops. And it's just a, a mess of a game in general. And oh. uh, like, I think that there are a lot of things <laughs> that are fun about it, but um, I think the wild, like there are a lot of good ideas in it. It's just that the execution I found to be a fucking disaster, <laughs> just a little bit of a fucking disaster. I liked it. So basically what Paul is saying is that your opinion is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> not saying, not saying that. But directly, what did, what did you like yeah. about it, Christy? I just thought that the story was kind of fun. I didn't mind the graphics. Remember, I haven't played since it was on the Game Boy. Uh, <laughs> but so I guess for me, my standards were different than Paul's, maybe. Mm, maybe a little bit. Mm. 
But even from a baseline storytelling standpoint, like there's this one part of the game where there's a big explosion and something oh, yeah, really cares. exciting is going to happen. And yeah, no, the, the, the champion guy who's really annoying runs off and he's like, no, you guys just go, go do the not exciting thing go go yeah. fight another gym battle and i'm gonna go save the world right now and that, generally speaking yeah like that's <laughs> if usually the hero's job yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was gonna be my uh kind of you know this is kind of shizzy remark in that i did find that they kept building you as if something really cool was gonna happen that you were gonna be able to do and there wasn't really a villain per se in the game, which I no. found kind of a bummer. Where I like, where's my team Rocket? We got this kind of shitty team called Team Yell, who just yelled, and I yeah. felt attacked because yeah. I yell. So um, <laughs> I was like, mm. no, I. You know what though? Like for what it was, it was an enjoyable little game that you didn't have to pour a lot of hours into to get good Pokemon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you could blast through it and be done with it. You didn't have to spend. It wasn't like a you know an Uncharted or anything like that. Yeah, like I've in the previous generation, uh, Sun and Moon. I put like two hundred something hours into one of my copies, like collecting all the Pokemon and like doing shiny hunting and things like that. And in mm. this game, like I've just finished the Champion Cup, and I'm just like. Do I really want to go back to it? I I think I'm going to wait till the expansions come out to see if I'm like into uh, if they improve anything or make it more fun. But like the wild area and stuff was so small and it just felt like for a game that was on a home console for the first time, it felt smaller scale than the handheld ones for some reason. But, you know, well, I thought the wild area was kind of cool. Like it was kind of an interesting. Good idea. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that it was like the best game ever. It definitely like it wasn't. It had its issues, but I did I found myself just enjoying it and I think sometimes you need that in a game after you've put in hours and hours into like a really hardcore adventure or like story or I'd just beaten like the last few months I beat all the Mass Effects again, all the Dragon Ages mm-hmm. like in the last year. Or so, I was it was like, you know, kind of I can't believe I almost said honey. <laughs> it was like a nice palate cleanser, and I'm now ready for a more like in-depth game. Like I'm gonna go play Witcher 2. Mm. You're gonna need a palate cleanser if you make yourself fucking puke in the first like 15 minutes of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that Christy fucking puke taked herself there. Well done. I'm trying to be better about it. It's not working. Um, but <laughs> it's I'm at least trying. <laughs> all right let's well, move on yeah. okay let's move on to mark what is your geek of the week oh man i don't really have one because i'm super annoyed my computer is still dead no and i was ordering parts and now my parts are in ups hell so i'm like oh. very frustrated right now mostly is what i am <laughs> yeah. he's been like pacing the halls and stuff like losing Just his mind waiting. over this which is pretty great Pretty good to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, been. Uh, Paul's been enjoying my mental deterioration, so that's good. <laughs> I thought it was going to be me first, so you know, all it took was UPS. 
It would have been if it, all it took was UPS, basically. So don't ever use UPS if you have the option, I guess. Because, like, I shit you not, I ordered weed the same day I ordered my computer parts. And the computer parts are in Brampton, which is, like, I could drive there and pick them up <laughs> now if I oh, wanted to. Oh, that's annoying. And, and the weed came from British Columbia. Guess what got here, like, at the beginning <laughs> of the week? And guess what is still not here? Yeah. Yeah, the stuff in Brampton is like lost to the fucking winds, I guess. So yeah, that's my geek of the week is I don't have a rig and now I get to edit a four person podcast on my laptop. I'm very excited. Hopefully, hopefully your new shit will come before you need to edit this. Like give it a couple days or something. That sounds annoying. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's very annoying. I'm very annoyed right now. So (laughs) I'm also very stoned. So there's also that. So I'm feeling a little better right now, but there you go. Paul, what's your geek of the week? It's back to Final Fantasy fourteen because, you know, no. I've been, yeah, I've been <laughs> trying to uh, get my visa stuff organized to go back to Korea, but literally there's nothing I can do because I need official passport photos. And that's obviously mm. not an essential service these days. So I'm just going to have to twiddle my thumbs for a while. So I've been in... Final Fantasy fourteen. there are special weapons that you can get for your class called Animal Weapons, and I've been like, it's a living weapon, and for the White Mage, that is the class I play, it's like a, a, a staff with a big-tittied angel on the end of it. It's called the Seraph Cane, and it's like, I'm making that pretty. You can make it glow and shit, so that's what I'm doing right now. And I At first, eat- I was just like picturing like characters fucking swinging like weasels around by the tail or something like that when you said animal weapon oh <laughs> anima <laughs> weapon anima <laughs> weapon okay yeah. sounds like, like anima weapon <laughs> the anim- well it is a big long and stick, we're back so. to bleach animas <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i've just been like getting through the content i actually joined a kind of static free company thing that is so i can actually do the higher level raids and so i'll actually be able to do all the cool shit instead of just some of the cool shit because doing pickup parties and playing with random players on the server it's not great because a lot of people suck at this game and still play it so (laughs) just needed to level up my game overall and so that's what i'm i've been doing so that's my geek of the week he wasn't lying about the booby king either. Like that's not <laughs> Mark's. Yeah. Mark's just drooling over that right I now. I just googled. No, I just googled it, and I was like, I, I thought he was being, you know, overzealous, but no, no, no it's no, a big titty angel, like on on a golden I mean, disc at the end of a rod. It really is. It's this. This it's is exactly an Asian that. game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Cool, cool. I mean, all right, they can get away with it. Good for them. <laughs> all right. Well, my geek of the week is also an MMORPG this week. Uh, I started playing Lord of the Rings Online again. Uh, I oh, rolled nice. a new character on a server that one of my friends plays on because she was looking for somebody to quest with a little bit. Um, so I, I made a, a Hobbit hunter character named Arrowbrand. So, and it's one of my friends from Atlanta. So obviously I'm not going to get to see her again for a while. So, uh, or sorry, I should say see them for a while. Yeah. We got to play together for like, till like fucking five in the morning the other night. And yeah, it was fun. Hobbits, you fucking monster. <laughs> Wait. A hobbit that is a hunter. Okay. Not I was a hunter really upset of for hobbits. a second. <laughs> I took it the original way. Yes. I the the hun- hunter is the it. class. Wow. I, I mean, yeah. I guess I guess my my hobbit hunter could go around hunting hobbits if he wanted to. There uh, there is like a 
evil race of hobbits in the game, I think, that are like, you know, grumpy hobbits that steal shit and that That's sort of awful. thing. That you can go and, and beat up and yeah, but most of the villains are like asshole, like are like goblins and orcs and shit like that. And then like, you know, Urukai. Ra- rabid rabid bears and wolves and that kind yeah. of thing. And oh I mean, good, oh good, it. Christy's gonna be eaten on the podcast. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, honey. Is that six chicken fingers? Seven. You gave me seven. <laughs> That's a reasonable portion, right? It's a good, like, you know, 1,500 calorie dinner. Seven Truly chicken blessed. fingers. How many do you have? Oh, yeah. Let's split it in half. <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, Mark, that Mark, other Mark, did not give Christy cutlery that she could bang on the plate, even though she's eating hand food. There we go. There we go. Bang on with oh, my hand. Just like old times. Dust off those bingo cards, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is, uh, that's all of our Geeks of the Week. So with that, we can move on to our Meat of the Episode. Meat of the Episode. Chinese Cowboy Space Meat. Hey. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about uh, one of the most beloved sci-fi franchises of all time this week, uh, Firefly. And with that, we decided we were just going to roll in Serenity because it really is kind of all one big story Ugh. sort of thing. Oh, we're already having some hate for Serenity. Is that what just happened there? We'll get there. <laughs> um, so for any of our listeners that are somehow in the dark about Firefly, uh, it is a TV show that aired in a sci-fi TV show that aired in 2002 to 2003 on Fox uh, that was tragically canceled after one season, uh, but then got some closure with a feature film called Serenity that uh, came a couple years later in 2005. Uh, and to this day, I think <laughs> Christy just had a pickle stuck in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mark's implying you want something later. <laughs> that's that's very subtle, other Mark. And, and Serenity to this day, I think, is one of my favorite examples of a movie based on a TV show or continuing on from a TV show. But the original airing of Firefly was a total fucking fiasco and unfortunately really set the show up for failure. It was aired out of order. Well, uh, so it's a Joss Whedon show. Joss and his team put together a two-hour pilot that they showed to the network. And the network is like, no, fuck this. Make a different pilot. And so they made this other pilot instead that was like a little snappier and more action-packed kind of thing. But it didn't fucking introduce any of the characters properly. And so they aired that first and then put the two-hour pilot in like the 10th and 11th episodes of the season or some shit. And then like, so audience hadn't been properly introduced to these characters. And then it kept like getting preempted by sporting events and shit like that. And yeah, so it didn't have a, yeah, it didn't have a great uh, sort of first lifespan and the show itself. I mean, the very loose kind of synopsis is that like, it's a ragtag band of more or less smugglers on a ship called a Serenity. That is a firefly class ship, which is where the name of the show comes from. And they are in this sort of somewhat post-apocalyptic society. Like they've left, this is based in our universe. This society has left earth and our solar system because they fucked it up beyond belief and used up all our resources. And they went to another uh, solar system that had like dozens of planets and hundreds of moons and terraformed a bunch of them and did a half-assed job of it. And so this is, and the society is this weird amalgamation of like 
Western American society, like cowboy society kind of thing, and like a weird Pan Asian kind of society. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's. And then they take on like this uh, uh, sister and brother couple fugitives. as their yeah that are that are fugitives that are become passengers on the ship and they become integral to the story and yeah i don't know there's a lot i mean it's it's fucking 14 episodes in a movie i'm not going to synopsize the whole fucking thing but uh first off what i want to do is just go around and kind of get everybody's history with firefly like uh you know first time that you watched it uh you know whether you're a massive fan a little bit of a fan not a fan at all that kind of thing um let's go to mark first mark's being quiet my history with the show. I'm trying to remember. I think I, I was watching it first run. Um, it was a Joss show, so I was kind of on board from the start. And yeah, that was, I was like, I, I remember it being horribly aired and stuff like that. Cause I remember downloading episodes and not having any fucking idea what was going on as they started. Incidentally, when I downloaded it this time, because it's hard to find it on streaming, um, I ended up with like the Blu ray run, which is in airing order and is awful. Yeah, same thing watch. happened to me. I had to fucking go back and re like renumber all the episodes. Ugh. Yeah, so I had to do that, and it was really obnoxious because like it starts with the train episode and then goes yeah, into like three more job. episodes that were like I'm like man with no context. This is pretty awful. Like I was not having a good time watching it at all. I mean, train job's a, a great episode, but it doesn't fucking work as a pilot. Yeah, with no context, it's really it's it was it was a tricky sit. So I was like, okay, this is weird. But yeah, once once you get it kind of going again, it was it was fine. But yeah, no, I watched it when it was airing through all the ups and downs. I don't think I saw every episode that they did air, even as they were coming out, because like downloading was patchy back then. So if mm-hmm. somebody didn't get it, it was you know kind of gone. And then the last three episodes didn't even air. They canceled it before those last three episodes even aired. And then yeah. They, yeah. So, like, I remember getting the full viewing experience when the inevitable DVD box set came out at that point. And I was, like, I was fine with the show. I thought it was okay. I, I, don't, I didn't go as crazy about it as I went for Buffy and Angel, I guess. Mm. I was still a fan. I like my – I was yelling at Paul earlier uh, that I like my – uh, Starship crew is much more professional, apparently, than <laughs> these guys tend to be. So <laughs> – this wasn't my um, like my immediate favorite show, but it's got like that Jossie kind of patter to it. So Kirk's super professional. I mean, in the show, he actually is pretty professional, but like, yeah, there's arguments to be made. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christy, how about you? Well, when I first when I first watched it, I was in grade ten, I think, grade eleven, and. My dad had bought this thing, the show, and my sister was, like, freaking out about it. She said it was the best thing ever. I didn't know anything about Joss Whedon. You guys know I've never seen Buffy. And, um, oh, that's right. Baffling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've seen the musical episode. I had thoughts. <sighs> anyway. But, yeah, so... I uh, I was always a big fan of Star Trek and Star Wars and all the sci-fi stuff, but when I started watching Firefly, I actually saw it in its order because I had that special DVD box set. And I... Okay, have you guys seen that sketch in Portlandia where they watch all of Battlestar Galactica? Yes. And yeah, and they're just like, jobs. oh, we'll just, we'll just watch like one more episode. Yeah. One more <laughs> episode! <laughs> that was me with Firefly. I stopped doing homework. I stopped eating at uh, regular times and sleeping at regular times. I was just like, Firefly! For like a whole week. Just did not do anything else. And then when it was done, I watched it again. 
Lucky there was only one season there. You might have died. I might have died. <laughs> and uh, I was so in love with Nathan Fillion and Wash that it was just like Alan Tudyk just stole my damn heart. And I had like Garrus Vicarian levels of love for Wash for a really long time. And just like, that's why Serenity makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. Hey, Christy. How do Reavers clean their spears? I don't want to talk about it. They don't do anything. They don't clean them. They they remain they, dirty forever. They, they do put, not. They don't. They put them no. through the wall. No, oh, God. It's terrible. <laughs> Has it been long enough that we might need to recontextualize Christie's Garrus Vicarian Birdman love? Because, like, God, it's been a long time since she's even been on the show. <laughs> Let alone told us. Yeah, about we don't. We don't have. We'll have to get like Matthew Fab or Michael Taylor or somebody to tell us like what episodes it was all revealed on originally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our our DRD like super fans like archivists kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Paul, your history with Firefly. Pretty much the same as Mark's. I saw the original airing because we were like we were a Buffy and Angel family. Like we would, yeah. we were taping every episode of Buffy for like when my mom was working or when I was working or when you were working at the theater. So yeah. it, we were all in for Joss Whedon. So I definitely picked up the DVD box set as soon as it came out and watched it multiple times. And I remember watching it with my friend Becky, who guessed it on this podcast a long time ago. And That's right. I watched Serenity in theaters as well. So, like, I was I was on board, and I still have fond memories of this show. Okay. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I started watching it first run, but like partway through the first season, like maybe halfway through the airing or something like that. Uh, and then went back and like found the uh, original episodes on fucking Kazar or whatever it was at the fucking time kind of thing. I, still think it, I honestly think I was using Torrance at that point still. 2002, like I 2003? It, I don't know. I don't know if I was using... No, I, th- I, I, think, that, I think that was like more... I think the next couple of years, I think, was when I started using Torrance, but I don't know. And, probably, and probably yeah, I was Usenet. It was probably I was getting ah, Usenet, okay. probably. Yeah. But no, it started in two thousand and one. BitTorrent. Yeah. Okay. I jumped on board um, early. I remember that because everybody was using it to do exactly this. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I did. I liked it. It was you know very different than anything I'd kind of seen before. Um, I definitely. I, I wasn't like part of you know the online communities that were all like, oh my god, say Firefly, anything like that. But I definitely did. You know, when I heard Serenity was happening, I was definitely pumped for it. And I, I did have the DVD box set, so I saw the uh, episodes that hadn't aired. Uh, and I definitely went and saw Serenity in theaters. I think I probably went to see Serenity in theaters multiple times. That being said, it's not a show that I rewatch super regularly like i think i've only maybe this rewatch that i did for the podcast i think was maybe only the fourth time that i've watched the series kind of as a whole like in its entirety kind of thing but what i will say is that it's something that i definitely get very quickly re-engaged with when i start a rewatch you know, it's, it's not something that I feel the need to like rewatch every year, even every, you know, couple of years or anything like that. But when I do get back into it, I'm like, oh, this, this feels, you know, familiar and kind of homey kind of thing to me. Mm. So I'm not going to lie. I didn't know when I started Firefly that it was only one season. <laughs> you're one of those. And you're, so, oh, I think you told us a story and your dad didn't tell you. <laughs> yep. Dad didn't tell me. 
<laughs> and, and so you got to the end? I got to the end and I was like, next season, next season, cannot wait, next season. I ran up to dad and I was like, dad, what's the next season? Let's get it. Where's Firefly season two? Why do you only have one season? And he looks at me and goes, ah, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know? And I was like, what do you mean I didn't know? And he goes, oh, I, I didn't want to tell you because I just, I wanted didn't you want to you enjoy to find it. out like this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean, Dad? It's like, there's only one season that got canceled. I was just like, why would you let me fall in love with this? <laughs> this is like letting me love a boyfriend for a summer at camp and then telling me he doesn't live in Guelph. No. You can't ever see him again. <laughs> he lives in, like, Texas. Like, why would you Why would you do that? He was like, because I wanted you to enjoy it. I was like, yes, but... But now I've tasted Firefly and I can never forget Firefly. If I'd never experienced it, I would never know this pain. Yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be really rough when we start shredding the show, eh, Paul? <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I for me, at least, like, I definitely have grace with the show. But the one thing I wanted to point out before we get into talking about sort of content of it at all is just that for only being one season in a movie this is a show that has left like a huge fucking impact on pop culture and nerd culture overall especially sure. considering you know how limited a span it had like to the point where some of the of the terminology and lexicon of the show has become part of like nerd linguistics like where you know terms like shiny or uh goram or like referring to uh things as like the special hell and that kind of thing brown coats brown yeah coats. brown yeah. coats all all that kind of stuff like so is there anything for you that that sort of you've taken away from from Firefly or that you see on a regular basis sort of that has become part of your pop culture life? The cast would probably be the first thing yeah. cuz like they pop up kind of everywhere oh, and yeah. I love these people so it's always kind of cool to see them when they show up like Nathan Fillion will pop up on whatever random nerd thing like he's Hal Jordan like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, like, they, they do show up in the DC animated stuff. Gina Torres has been Wonder Woman a couple times. Mm-hmm. So, that kind of thing. I mean, Two Dicks, the man with Two Dicks. I mean, he was Mr. <laughs> Negative in uh, Doomsday Clock. Yeah. No, uh, on shit. D- uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah. Doom Patrol. That's the one. Yep. Oh, he's been in a gajillion things voice acting wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been in tons of stuff. Like, I, I just found out Paul's never stuff. seen, was it Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Yeah. Paul's never mm. seen that. I've actually so never I'm seen like, it either. I've seen. It's oh, it's really God, cool. you guys have got to watch that. movie's fantastic. Yeah. Two dicks is in it. The man <laughs> with two dicks. So great. Yeah, so just like the cast has been like the, like the big takeaway from this like, show because like they keep popping up other places and they're fucking, they're all great. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Particularly like uh, when Firefly uh, was canceled and they started popping up on Joss Whedon's other shows um, yeah. for well, I mean, better or worse. Now, weirdly yeah. enough, of all the people, like the best post firefly cast cameo was adam baldwin even though he ended up being a total piece of shit in real life yeah. uh, as uh, he was hamilton in angel was that in angel name? season five angel yeah season five mm-hmm. gina torres and uh nathan fillion poor souls were did not hey they got work you know so yeah. yeah well but, i mean fucking uh, marina baccarin was in the deadpool movies and played yeah. a major role on gotham as well so like she's yep. always kicking around in in genre stuff too so yeah i mean this yep. this is a fucking phenomenal ensemble cast and yeah absolutely i mean and also like we I mean, we were going to talk about her eventually but christian Hendricks went on to yes 
Mad Men and stuff like that, yeah. obviously. And she was she kind of got her start here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about this because this is one thing. The one thing that always puzzles me about Firefly is why the fuck this weird mix of genres, like the sci-fi and western and Asian thing, to, like why it fucking works. Like, why this setting works overall. Do you guys have any ideas or theories there? Well, I think that the Asian Western thing has was a tried and true thing by, already with, like, Fistful of Dollars, all the stuff that had yeah, already yeah. been a thing because of Kurosawa. And yeah. so adding uh, the sci-fi aspect to it was kind of almost like a no-brainer because... Star Wars is kind of a space western too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, we already- there's swashbuckling kind of westerny elements in Star Wars for sure, and yeah. even in even in some Trek, even in some Star Trek as well. Yeah. Especially the original series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, those, all those desert planets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about how well integrated the Asian influences are in this show because I have opinions on that. But um, <laughs> overall, like these are all genres are they, they're all kind of tried tested and true and we've like we have seen it used again in the mandalorian we saw it in the past like Mm -hmm. there's a pretty good genealogy when it comes to these genres intertwining and i would argue too that i think what makes firefly in particular work is its embellishment and kind of acceptance of the camp Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think it does do that a lot yeah so much of the show and so much of joss joss's stuff is that he kind of takes what is being made fun of and just uses that as and like kind of hits the audience over the head with it and goes we know so yeah i think that that level of intelligence and managing those two genres was to make it campy fair enough and paul i get what you say in terms of the asian elements not being really well integrated necessarily like i have issue with that as well like the first times i was watching it and even re-watching it this time like the little mandarin injections into the speech and stuff like that into the culture yeah do do sometimes feel sort of out of place i mean and and part of the issue is they never really address it in the show but like if you go back into the lore surrounding the show and production like development diaries and stuff like that they tell you basically flat out that at the end of the civil war, the only two superpowers were that were left are the U S and China. And so that that's what forms the Alliance is what's left of the American government, the Chinese government. And that's where we get like this amalgamation of earth cultures from kind of thing. The issue being then the Asian erasure on the show where it was pretty clear that the Tams were supposed to be, Asian with a, a name like Tam, mm-hmm. um, and they—I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, there there yeah. are literally no Asian. Act- I counted like maybe three Asian actors on the season proper, and maybe a couple more in the movie. And I think they were like yeah. extras in the bar. So I appreciate that they wanted to add this kind of pan Asian flavor because it's a mishmash of all those cultures. But they didn't actually think to have any asian representation on the show like there it's a it's a diverse cast but it's lots of white people and a few black people and like very very few asian people 
and yeah. end of list. It was definitely better in Serenity than it was in this in the show, even if it's not like necessarily Asian people, but the Asian parts of the culture and and design elements and stuff like that. You get a lot more of that in Serenity than you do on the on the season itself. Gives me Oriental Orientalist weeaboo feelings though. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, when you're watching yeah. it, and it just like no. makes made me a little uncomfortable watching it this time around. <laughs> I don't Fair. know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that might be that might be one of the elements that that doesn't uh doesn't hold up quite as well. The other thing for me is that, you know, if you compare something like this to Trek or Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica or something like that, is that a lot more of our world is recognizable in this world than in Star Wars or Star Trek or any any other like major major sci-fi kind of mm-hmm. franchise and just the fact that it's so different than any of those series like in terms of those thematic elements and and cultural elements kind of thing so i think that that was what made it kind of fresh and new for me at least and kind of caught me yeah Star, Star Trek kind of has to go out of its way to include the things that we would recognize, like baseball in Deep Space Nine, or or it's yeah, or Sherlock Holmes, or whatever those things are. Like Mark, Mark would know better than me, but like it seems that like Star Trek doesn't really want to integrate those things. They they like seeing them as kind of a curiosity for the crew, which I kind of enjoy when I yeah. watch them. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, how curious are you about what goes went on in like? 1690 honestly <laughs> you know what i mean like a day-to-day basis mm. like how much do you give a shit right i don't you know don't i don't all. know if i you were know. these people like i would be very interested in the age of of injecting bleach and ammonia that would be that would be a very <laughs> interesting time for me to look See, back they're and, supposed to be they're supposed to be enlightened and have moved past this kind of like just <laughs> complete insanity oh. you know we're never getting star trek if things keep going if you guys are injecting bleach like we're never we're never getting replicators <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm never getting a warp drive. You know what I mean? Like, this shit's just not happening. So, I mean... Well, that was the other thing, is is that there is no faster-than-light travel in this universe. Uh, so, everything happens within this star system that it's taken them literally generations to migrate to. Which I kind of appreciated, actually. Yeah, it gives, it gives a nice, like, limited scope to the world like it's a big star system obviously but it's not infinite you know you're not just thinking like oh we're gonna end up finding these completely like random places that nobody's ever been before kind of thing and it also lets them reuse sets and locations over and over and over again (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean this was a show that was done on a budget but oh yeah i would say done on a budget effectively compared to a lot of like budget tv shows kind of thing I've seen worse. I've seen better. Yeah, I, I've, seen <laughs> I, I've definitely seen, yeah. For sure. All right. Well, let's let's talk about kind of what we like about the show, what works in the show. Maybe uh, we've already talked about like how this is a show that is like the actors were a huge part of it. And it's such a fucking character driven show for me. Yeah. Um, so who are your favorite characters and why? Anybody. Just go nuts. Um, I like the Tams. They're particularly River's arc feels like it's the most complete or the most interesting. There's a lot going on, even though it does fall into Joss Whedon, like Waifu, Damage, Mary Sue, Sue, Damage Trope. I think that Summer Glau is just so fucking magnetic to watch. She's just a delight to watch on screen that I really like watching River and they, I, it was pretty clear, I think, that they didn't quite know what they were... They were calibrating as they were going on to figure out what they wanted to do with River. Like, they had an idea, but exactly, like, the extent of her powers and things like that was 
kind of up in the air until Serenity. Mm-hmm. And but that was cool. It wor- I think it worked. And I like I, th- I think uh, Simon is just uh, first of all beautiful. Sean Mayer. Oh my god. <laughs> He's so pretty. But also I liked his whole life being like these sacrifices that he doesn't particularly want to make, but he does so very willingly for his sister. I always like really appreciate his character he's he's a good guy that even though he's kind of an asshole and really pompous and all that shit i like simon so i also like simon simon's a yeah he's also so good looking like you said (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you on river for sure like she definitely does fall into that archetype that that joss loves so much but i think it's one of if not the best example of that kind of archetype of you know that damaged uh, damaged chosen one special skills kind of thing, yeah. Character, yeah. Went a different way than Faith did in Buffy, yeah. which would be another his other prime example of that. Yeah, but yeah, good stuff either way. Both very good characters. Yeah, I I fucking love Mal. I, Malcolm Reynolds is just like a such a lovable sarcastic bastard. And I love him for it. We are split on that one this time around. Uh, really? Mark and I both had a lot of issues dealing with Mal on our rewatch this time around. And uh, mostly uh, the the show's attitude towards sex work in general, but just him, his attitude towards Inara was... Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and it ne- for me, it never really got better. And then there's... Oh, yeah. Anyway. But there are things that's, about that's Mal that I like. That's not the best part of that character, for sure. No. <laughs> the, it's like the part that you like to show you the most in the show though for some reason so yeah. I don't know I like I still like there's bits of and I think watching it out of order really fucked me over because like he comes off like a giant douche yeah in those bunch first bunch of episodes and it's like what the fuck that's true I remember him being much more lovable rogue than like you know misanthropic shithead all the time which is what he becomes um, yeah, that's why as soon as I realized that I that I was watching it in the wrong order, I was like, nope, fuck this. And I, I sat down and figured out like what episode was what and la- yeah. labeled them, gave them the right running order. I kind of flipped them around. Like I got like two episodes in and I flipped them around. And it, like, it was much better at that, that point. But like, yeah. yeah, it took me a little while to warm up to Mal this time. Okay. And still like still annoyed. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other. Like, uh, I, I don't want to say. Yes, Kaylee's oh, awesome. Yeah, Kaylee's Kaylee, fantastic. Yeah, I'll do that. But Kaylee's yeah. kind of like manic pixie dream girly, only in overalls and works well on ships. <laughs> She's kind of Willow 2.0, or in a she, lot of ways. Yeah. Like she, Buffy or um, Joss loves that girl. Like he had that girl in every show because mm. Willow's there, Fred's there, yeah, and then like Kaylee's that girl too. Because he's ha- even had her in ah uh, shit. Dollhouse? I can't remember who the girl in Dollhouse was, but they kind of had that because he had what? Fred in there. He didn't have actually her playing that character. No, but, yeah. but, it, but I know who you're talking about. Um, so, I haven't watched Star, Dollhouse. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Either way, there was another but, one that he just loves that girl. But Whoever like, that girl is, he just has her in every show. In this case, I like that like she was more of a tomboy kind of thing. Like That's yeah. not something he necessarily has done with this archetype in the past. And that was a no. nice thing to see was like, yeah, the fucking like best you know girl in the room or best person in the room for this engineer position is this is this tomboy girl kind of thing that yeah. that obviously sometimes likes you know dressing up and being a girl and everything as you see in that uh, with a fourth episode or whatever the uh, I can't remember the title of it yeah where she yeah, gets yeah where she gets the big froofy dress and everything but you know she also is and she's she's constant I, like I I like that 
character as a study of gender overall kind of thing because she's obviously constantly trying to find where in that spectrum she feels comfortable and some and part of it is that sometimes she feels comfortable being like a total tomboy you know working on the engine sometimes she wants to fucking dress up and that like that's okay and that's that was not a type of character that you saw very often fucking 18 years ago on tv Mm -hmm. that's true yeah so yeah and i want to shout out zoe even though like I like her, but I don't think that the first season um, really gave her a chance to shine. And I feel like sometime yeah. in season two or later in season one, she needed a solo episode to really like dive into who she was a little bit more. I really like, I love Gina Torres and mm-hmm. I, I'll watch her in anything she's in. But And I like the ideas that they had for Zoe as well as with Book, uh, with The Shepherd. There were things that were developing with those characters that I was interested to know more about, but I don't think that they had gotten there yet, but it, yeah. like, I like those characters with an asterisk. Yeah. And then we come to Chrissy's favorite character. Wash. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Open wash burn. Come on. Yeah. If you do what, not fall I... in love with him. The minute that you watch him play with dinosaurs, you are a heartless <laughs> swine. I, I mean, I'm fine with Wash. It's just, he, I, I'm kind of with Paul on that. Like, he's one of those characters that never really gets his arc kind of thing. Like, I'll talk about that later when we get to Gripes. That's that's one of my issues with this show or with that, with that character. But yeah, but why, do you, why do you like Wash, Christy? Because he provides a humanity on that ship that I think is lacking in a lot of ways. Yeah, I can see that. He is the empathy that runs through that ship. And yeah. I was what what Mark? No, no, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> awkward silence. But that's I find that I really liked him because to me he struck me as and that's why when they killed him, spoiler alert, but <laughs> it was so heartbreaking to me because he was the one character, and that's why they had to kill him. But he was the one character who through everything was that guy that you know always shows up and just kind of like gives you a punch on the shoulder and goes, you got this. <laughs> Everybody's best friend. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think maybe my favorite character overall, or, or at least in the way that she's depicted is Anara. Cause I think, I mean, from my standpoint, this is a phenomenal, very positive depiction of sex workers. Like, the way that Mal treats her outstanding, but the way that the society treats companions, escorts, whatever you want to call them is amazing mm-hmm. like they're obviously revered they're respected it's you know it's it's a respected profession i struggle to think of any better depiction on tv up until this time of of a sex worker of any any stripe whether it's like a you know whatever you want to call a prostitute or a stripper or anything like that mm-hmm. like the yeah companions are like revered and respected like they're not relegated to the fringes of society or like the underbelly of society kind of thing and i thought yeah. that that was a fucking breath, breath of fresh air because they're legalized and unionized and are allowed to protect themselves hmm anyway let's not yeah. get into the politics of it but uh oh no we can absolutely get into the politics yeah. well well i want to talk <laughs> a little bit about the fact that yeah like anara is great and like i there's that but there is that moment where she like differentiates between like herself and the whores of the whorehouse at, in that uh 
the penultimate episode yeah. of the season where it's like, oh, they're not organized, they're not part of the guild. So like weird to like use the word whore, but I like I saw that the point. But this show has a weird like it's got a great depiction of sex workers in Inara, but the attitudes around it, both from Mal and from Kaylee, are kind of weird. Like they're revered to the point of almost ridiculousness with Kaylee, um, where it's like it's obviously this Kaylee glamorizes the lifestyle, right? Like she's like Kaylee is obviously incredibly undersexed. And so is like super envious of Anara's lifestyle and is like, I wish I could have guys pay me to fuck me kind of thing. Yeah. And the, (laughs) but the, the main reactions that we get to Anara's life tend to be Mal, which is not great. Kaylee, which also I don't think is that great either. And, Jane in that one episode where Inara services that diplomat who happens to be a woman, and it's I'll just this leering, disgusting, <laughs> gross. It played for laughs, but didn't come yeah. off that way in my latest rewatch. No, yeah. even though even though I'll be in my bunk is one of those pop culture things from Firefly. It is that has Absolutely. definitely been stuck around. We still use, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we still use that on this podcast. Yeah, fairly frequently. <laughs> I will say this. It almost feels like Joss Whedon didn't support sex workers. Sometimes. Well, I mean, since then we have come to understand that Joss Whedon's views on women are problematic at best. So maybe that's not that surprising. But I think it's an right. admirable attempt overall for an 18-year-old TV show yeah. at, at a positive depec- depiction of sex work. So I give it credit for that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Any other favorite characters or can we move on? We didn't talk about Jane and I want to talk a little bit about Jane because again, I'm not like <sighs> Adam Baldwin is a garbage person and it was a gamer gator and did all those yeah. horrible things. But Jane was, you know, weirdly I was more forgiving of Jane's attitude. Maybe I've just gotten older, but like he's, he's pretty upfront about it being a piece of shit. So I kind of appreciated that. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you know who he is for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's not much worse than Mal. Like he's worse than Mal, but he's not much worse. And he's more upfront about it. He doesn't hide behind a like kind of cavalier charm the way that Mal does. And, but while still talking about out of both sides of his mouth with, Anara and shit like that, so like whatever. But like, I don't know. Jane was funny. And he does have some of the best lines for sure. Yeah, and yeah. even though like overall, I, I if Jane had been the one to get impaled, wouldn't mind it too much. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Yeah, give him. I like his hat the moment, then take him away. All right. Well, how about? I mean, this is obviously a fucking fourteen episode series. We're not going to be able to go into like great depth on every single episode. But do you have any like favorite episodes that really stand out or really sort of encapsulate the series for you, kind of thing? For me, it's the train job. Like the train job, even though it shouldn't have been the fucking pilot, it shouldn't have been aired first. That like really does encapsulate the spirit of the series overall for me. I thought the aerial heist did that better for me. I think that the first half of the series is rough. The first four to five episodes for me kind of drag, except for the Christina Hendrick, the first Christina Hendricks episode, which I think is around that time. 
think that's well it depends on if you watch airing order or like correct yeah, correct yeah, order correct order. i think it's it's uh i think our, our mrs reynolds is episode six okay in so the, in the intended viewing order yeah we're around that midway point like early midway point is where the show actually starts to pick up and gets a handle on itself i think and i think the aerial heist for me is like the turning point point where i'm like oh i'm finally enjoying this now because it, it was like mm-hmm. the first few episodes I was like, I really am kind of bored. So, but yeah, once we get to the strife within the crew and we get to see a better side of Mal at the end of the episode where he's like threatening Jane, Mm -hmm. but still considering Jane part of his crew and which is why he felt so betrayed and all that stuff. Like I was like, okay, now I'm on board with these crew of people. Mm -hmm. But before then, I don't think I was really there this time around okay you mentioned uh our mrs reynolds and that's that's one of my favorite episodes in the season for sure like it's just there's so many great uncomfortable like funny character moments for for mal and in between mal and saffron in particular and i mean it's it doesn't suck to have to watch fucking gorgeous Christina Hendricks yeah. on screen for 45 minutes by any stretch. And, and Nara gets a comedy beat finally oh, in that shit. episode where she like kisses Mal and then she's like, like yeah, knocked for a it. loop. Yeah. So good. I love that face off between Saffron and Inara as well, mm-hmm. where they're like trying to out seduce each other. And then Inara is eventually like, Oh, you're good. You're really good. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love such it. a good beat. Mm-hmm. Great episode yeah, but- overall. I think that's my favorite too. Yeah, and then out out of gas is the other one that really stands out for me as well. You know, sort oh, of the bottle episode. episode. Yeah. So, I, and it's that's part of it is it's edited really well because it's going back and forth between you know two modern time periods and then their flashback. You know, back to Mal getting the crew together, and then it ends with Mal first setting eyes on Serenity uh, for the first time, and like that's a tricky editing task to do, and I think that they did it really well with that show. Or with that, uh, with that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Wash had a mustache. He did. Yeah. A terrible, terrible, terrible mustache. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful thing. Any other favorite episodes? Standout episodes? I do like Jamestown. I know it's whatever, but like that episode's funny. Yeah, it is. Like there's good comedy beats in that episode. I just like everybody reacting to Jane being the hero. Just makes me. Yep. Like that's the like the all the best stuff is from everybody just being like like especially the doctor being like I think I'm having a stroke kind of stuff like this is what it feels like to go crazy and oh, yeah. when they see the statue of Jane yeah like <laughs> just everybody stop it just staring like that that's a good beat so I like that episode <laughs> it, it was when I was watching it this time I was like that's the episode where I felt less bad about enjoying Jane as a character for some reason yeah. where I was like oh yeah like yeah he's a piece of shit but he knows he's a piece of shit he's never like never really hides it from anybody that he's a piece of shit. And like, this is why this is happening. Like he doesn't try and hide it. He's just like, yeah, I pulled a job here and it went really, really wrong. And like, I guess I'm famous. So like, what do we do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I mean, the other one that I, I mean, I, I think objects in space, the season finale is a really excellent episode of television as well. Yeah. Uh, Like Jubal early is a really compelling character that you, that I get hooked on really quickly. Uh, the, the bounty hunter that's coming after them and then river pretending that she's like become one with the ship and everything. It's just, it's, 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 re- it's played really well for tension. 
Yeah, and they finally let Summer Glau like have more than a couple lines of dialogue at a time instead of yeah. just like physically reacting to things because generally she is she gets like a, a one-off line here and there, but she's talked about a lot. She's such a talented actress. Summer Glau mm-hmm. is. I don't know if you guys have seen the Waiting in the Wings episode of Angel or her work no. on uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> Let, also, not a million times. Yeah, yeah, right. She's really good on Sarah Connor Chronicles too. Yeah, she's yeah. really talented, and so she did. And she does a lot of like face work and reacting and stuff. But she's a very good with dialogue and stuff. So she, it, this was one of the rare moments where she really got to shine in a an acting chops kind of way, and I loved every minute of it so yeah okay. nice let's see what about like what drives the show for you like obviously it's very character driven show but for me it's like i hate to say it because of what we've learned about joss whedon in the time since this but like his writing and world building is what fucking makes the show work and there's no way around that and like i mean obviously it's also the team that he brings together like the other writers and other directors and tim Manier, who is the showrunner obviously yeah. deserves a lot of the credit for it but yeah like this is a show that's just 90 percent of the time i think written very strongly what's well, i mean he's got ben edlund in there writing for him right because he's one of the producers on this show too and ben edlund that's the tick guy right yeah oh okay. yeah he's he's that genius who created the tick oh yes so he's uh he's one of those guys you can have him in a writer's room probably not the worst guy to have around well so. he he wrote Town, for instance yeah <laughs> yep yeah that's definitely a ben edlund script you can feel it in there so yeah like he does a, good, a great job of like keeping a good creative team around him there was a time where like all these guys that worked with him were taking over hollywood before jj abrams kind of took over again you know what i mean yeah so yeah and then uh, I, I, I just think it's the series overall does a really good job of balancing sort of that that overarching driving story like of the tams of of uh, simon and river running from the alliance with those sort of like story of the week kind of episodes because and that's something i mean that's again another joss hallmark like he did that really well in buffy and angel for the most part well and yeah and it's not a fucking easy balance to strike like if you look at shit like discovery for instance which we talked about recently like there's a bunch of fucking hot garbage in there where they're like trying to work this overarching plot into these episodes and it's just not working properly and shit like that. And yeah, yeah. it made me wonder a little bit where the series was going to go in terms of if we got the resolution for the Alliance and what was in river's brain, like what was going on there in one season in a movie, like what else was there to explore with this and how much further were they going to go with it? Mm-hmm. Was there going to be like a, another war because of the Miranda reveal at the end of Serenity? Mm-hmm. Was there going to be more about Shepard Book and his connections to the Alliance? Were we going to get more? Was it just going to be more flashback stuff? I had a like one of the things about Firefly is that this could have maybe been Joss Whedon's best show, but it also like had a lot of potential to be pretty bad. Um, like, I, like, I don't know how much the setup was going to lead into like a seven season concept the way, like, at least Buffy had like the big bad concept to go along with, like every season had a particular theme, even though last two seasons, let's not talk about those too much, (laughs) but like, 
with Firefly being a little bit more open-ended and not really having a main antagonist besides like maybe the blue hand guys and the Alliance in general, like the, uh, the Alliance was taken down pretty quickly. So what was going to happen after that? You know, talk about the Reavers. We're not going to, Oh, the Reavers. Well, the Reavers. But like, yeah. the Reaver- well, the Reavers. See, I have I have an actual problem with the Reavers. How do they keep their ships in the air? Like, people argue about the Klingons not knowing how to keep a ship in the air. But like, uh, how do these like these guys? They're all like fucking freaked out, Roy Rage people. It's obvious. Like zombies and shit. Space magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, see. Yeah, I had a lot of see? problems with the Reavers. See, we'll get to the. See? We're, are we having a gripes part because Reavers? Yes, we will. We will. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even like I'm not even really griping. I'm just saying like it doesn't make any sense because like there's lots of them, and how do they keep their ships in the air? And how do they make more of them? Like the the concept was like they're like cr- driving people crazy to turn them into reavers, but they were a yeah, like, result one at a time. Yeah, it was a result of a particular drug that had a particular reaction to a small subset of that population. Like yeah, the happiness ha- drug. Like, yeah. yeah. The so, but that was twelve twelve years earlier, and they're able to recreate that reaction by raping people or something. I don't really know how the, the yeah they never the really transformation that. works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's... I was just a little. It was maybe that could have been something that was explored later or something. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like it leaves a big plot hole in the middle of the show when yeah. you when you take that because they they use they because they do throw the reavers just kind of like. Oh, this isn't. We need to get them moving and get them like into the next thing. Yeah, throw reavers in, and it's like, oh, all right, guys, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Let's see other stuff that works for me. I mean, this goes back to sort of the writing. I have a few other sort of things on the writing, like the it's a good balance in terms of you know comedy, action, drama, and then like you get that snappy Buffy esque like dialogue and quick witty comebacks that works so fucking well in this world mm-hmm. see yeah i guess sometimes i found the dialogue a little like this time around i was definitely like this a little, is a little too cute a little deer it's a little too cute yeah. uh, in a lot of spots and like especially for this setting i would assume the language would be more rough and tumble i guess but you know you got one swear in the movie yeah that's true shit if i'm not mistaken <laughs> I, ex- I always expect i don't expect all my westerns to turn out like deadwood you know what i mean like it can't <laughs> You can't have 71 iterations of the word fuck in one episode. I get it. Like, it's Fox TV. <laughs> but they go the with the Battlestar Galactica route with it, which is, you know, they yeah. come up with their own curses, like Goram yeah, and shit like that. Yeah. So. Which I don't mind. Yeah. I just find, like, I find the, the Joss Whedon, the, the cutesy Buffy talk, I'm like, that only probably works best doing high school students. And it feels weird in a futuristic sci-fi setting to be like, Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. There was there was just some of that the the snappy patois that I was like, oh, it feels weird this time, and I don't know why. Yeah. Because so. they lean into the y'all like pretty hard. I think that's what it is. Is because <laughs> they start snapping into like that kind of westerny dialect, and then you get the odd mandarin, like the butchered mandarin uh-huh. tossed in. That, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, but this is all of this just feels too cute. Like, can you just say what you're trying to say for the love of God? I guess that's one of those, like, if you're able to buy into it and then, yeah. then you're okay with it. But if not, it would stick out kind of thing. And, and that's, I mean, there are people that time, Firefly, so wasn't in the yeah, there, there are definitely people out there that Firefly just does not fucking work for. Yeah. And I get yeah. that. Like, I get that this is not a thing that's for everybody kind of thing. But the people that, I, you know, there's not a lot of casual firefly fans there's a lot of really rabid firefly fans and there's a lot of people that are like i don't fucking get it yeah 
But like I I see your point, Tim. Like in certain. Uh, it doesn't always take itself to like the very end of Serenity, for instance. We have the this big speech with River taking off as the pilot of Serenity and Mal giving this big speech, and then something falls off of Serenity. Yeah, and what was he's that? like, "What was that?" And then cut yeah. to credits, and I'm like, yeah. "Okay, that is the kind of like snappy cuteness that works." Yeah, and I appreciate that sometimes the tone is balanced really well. So I'll say that that is definitely to its credit for sure. Yeah. Uh, What about, I mean, there's definitely a lot to be said on the show about morality, which we've already talked about a little bit with like Mal's view of Inara and her like job and everything. But like, there's some, I like the way the show treats religion for the most part. Like book is a pretty respectful preacher. Like he's not a real preachy preacher. You know, he's just there for people that need him, but he's, you know, for instance, when he goes and has his, like, I question what I just did moment, like to Inara, you literally have like a priest on his knees confessing to a prostitute basically. And I love that fucking scene. Yeah. With book, I think it's handled quite well. There is that episode where they try to burn River at the stake, which is easily the worst episode of the entire Firefly run, where the whole thing, like, it's like, hey, did you know religious people are hypocrites and (laughs) people make their own choice? Did you know? Because here's an entire episode hammering that point home into your fucking face for 45 minutes. And that was not so great. But Shepherd Book, I agree. Good times and like a pretty thoughtful, especially since, again, we didn't see everything that Shepherd Book was about and then they killed him off in the movie. But <laughs> there was a lot of potential there, considering he was obviously a late in life convert to religion. As long as we ignore the, the witch episode, we're, I think we're good there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like as well that like Mal was very much, you know, very open and that he had no fucking time for religion whatsoever as well. Like it's not often that you get a lead character that's just like, fuck this. I don't have any use for this belief system at all kind of thing. Yeah. And and it was very much like I I love the Mal's line to book where book offers to say grace and Mal says as long as you see it in your head. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, uh, don't say it out loud kind of thing. And I was like, that's great. That's like my fucking view on religion, right? Like, you can have your fucking religious beliefs as long as you keep them to yourself and don't let them impact how you treat other people. Yeah. Or or at least, or don't try and force them on other people. Well, he also has that moment, like, at the end. Actually, I think it might be during his death scene where he's like, are you going to, uh, like, are you going to, I want you to bore me with more sermons. Because, like, that's part of their, yeah. what their relationship was. Their dynamic, yeah. Their dynamic was like, okay, the... A shepherd is going to talk at me for a while and I will roll my eyes the entire time, but that's how we relate to each other. And they yeah. acknowledge that and appreciate that. And like, Oh, that's cool. Like that's, it's a form of tolerance. It's not acceptance, but it is tolerance. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. that's cool. And then like the morality of the whole series, like outside of religion for me is very much summed up in one of Mal's lines where the Alliance agent is questioning him about um, the Valley of Serenity Valley. And his comeback is that we were on the losing side, still not convinced it was the wrong one. Cause that's like the whole morality of the show operates in those gray areas, right? Where like, just because, you know, the ruling class says something is right or wrong. doesn't mean it is just because they're doing something 
you know, the, the crew of Serenity is doing something doesn't mean it's morally the right or wrong thing to do. You know, there's obviously they have like some sort of a code, but it seems real fucking flexible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I think that the, the values of the, that the show espouses is really about like the concept of found family and that even like within that unit, their morality kind of bumps up against each other, but they seem to have a general understanding of, how to make some their... basic ground rules or yeah. yeah and when that gets violated we get some serious like friction in the group like with jane or with uh simon on occasion mm-hmm. or when river becomes more of a threat to the crew like first and foremost like we have to protect this family unit and the morality around that is you know we'll try to survive the best we can but we there is a moral code to an extent whereas the moral code that surrounds them is even more in flux like the wild west is just super wild and nobody seems to people are going into every situation already assuming that they're going to get betrayed somehow yeah double crossing back and left and right and back and forward yeah absolutely yeah so i yeah i like that they they do have a flexible moral code but they do have at least that monolithic family unit that keeps them together whereas that seems to be what's lacking I think it's less, to, the less scrupulous groups that they're interacting with don't seem to have that. Yeah, right. It's supposed to be in contrast to the blind following of the alliance. <laughs> like there, it's uh, the people following the alliance because of power, because of wealth, but it's kind of an unearned moralism. Whereas within the Firefly, within the Serenity crew, it is they they learn to trust each other because they live together and they live through things together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Let's see. I want to switch gears. I want to talk a little bit about the effects on this show because, yeah, they're not phenomenal. It's obviously a show that's done on a budget, but I will argue that this is a show that knew the limits in which it was operating for effects and production budget and that sort of thing and did not try to exceed those limits for the most part. There are some times where they definitely do, uh, but that's a hallmark of good sci-fi, in my opinion, is you can, and, and something that makes it makes it age better for instance like you can love star trek the original series all you fucking want but if you go back and watch those like untouched up original episodes holy shit they do not hold up nope not at all like the effects the the fucking even the the like sets and shit like that do not hold up at all but this i would say for me holds up pretty fucking well being an almost 20 year old tv show I agree. And I think part of it is because the plot doesn't rely too heavily on those effects elements. Like it's not like a big space battle TV show until you get to Serenity kind of thing, which definitely helps because it's more character driven show. The characters are more compelling. That's really where we're getting our our story and our, our, our thrust out of kind of thing. Yeah. The uh, one, there's one effect that stands out to me, and that's I think on the train job job episode. No, or is, no, it's the torture episode where Wash and Mal are getting tortured, and the one guy falls down the chasm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, I laughed real hard at that one this time. And I've oh, that was some rough shit. There's some bad compositing. There's bad compositing on uh, objects in space too, where they where Mal uh, throws uh, early out into space. And like he knocks into his ship on the way, kind of thing. That is terribly fucking composited. Yeah, yeah. There's, <coughs> there's, it's rough, but again, yeah, you were right that it's mostly character work and set pieces. Yeah, 
And the industrial and production design on the show is pretty solid as well. Like it's not, it's not as like necessarily instantly recognizable as Star Trek or Star Wars or even Battlestar Galactica or something like that. But it is in service of the show. It's what this show needed. This show yeah. didn't need, oh, yeah. didn't need obviously Star Trek, but it didn't even no. need like the level of of stylized design that we had in like a Star Wars or a Battlestar Galactica, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and I, I really like the design of Firefly. Like, I think it's a very unique uh, and Great. very, yeah, yeah, very, uh, I don't know what the word I want to use for is for it, but it's just, it's, it's a ship that's just got a lot of fucking character. Yeah. The one thing that really bugged me, maybe this was only early on in the season, because I don't remember. So early on, they have the six shooters and the cowboy style handguns, but they're doing a lot of pew pew noises, which... Um, yeah, but like I don't think it holds up for the like rest. Laser cartridges or something. Yeah, or... but later in the, the show, they seem to completely abandon that concept, which I was glad for because it was really fucking dumb. They had like these like gold six shooters with like s- things yeah. glued to the side or whatever, and it looked cheap and bad. And <laughs> there are some of the firearms that d- that don't look great. I agree. Oof, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, this is uh, funny because I didn't do the rewatch like these guys did because I, I came in a little bit late to the discussion that this was happening. And so I have this completely different view of Firefly in my brain. At the time, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so part of me is like, hmm, do you want to rewatch it ever? <laughs> I think it still holds up relatively well overall, again, for, for its age, for sure. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't think Mark agrees. No, not overly. But, you know. <laughs> we'll get to gripes pretty soon. Oh, the, wow. the other thing that I really appreciate that it does, for the most part, it, it switches back and forth on this a little bit. But there are some scenes set in space where there are like, you know, to some degree a battle or something like that or a ship taking off. And there's no sound. There's no engine noises and shit like that because there's no fucking sound in a vacuum. And I appreciate that. And I think it makes space in this show feel a little bit more you know, looming and eerie and isolating kind of thing. Yeah. And dangerous. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else about Firefly, the show that's not a gripe because I want to move on to, to Serenity for a bit. No, I, I still really enjoy it. Like from my memories and like the, I think I watched it again about three or four years ago. All right. Well, let's move on to, I want to talk a little bit about the, the movie Serenity universal pictures, picked it up, uh, made it, went out in 2005 and in large part due to the huge cult following that the show had gained on DVD and rewatches and that sort of thing. And I, I think Serenity holds up really well. I think it did a lot of the things that they just didn't have the budget to do on TV. Like you get that big damn hero space battle between the Reavers and the Alliance. Like that fucking thing must've been like half the budget of the movie. (laughs) You get like more detailed panning shots of the exterior of the ship of different planets in their verse. You get to see more of the civilizations, a lot more of the character kind of, of the, of the planets and worlds and cities themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, not it's not a replacement for additional seasons of the show, but I think it realized a lot of what was teased and set up in the series. Like, you know, we do get full on confrontations with the Reavers. Obviously, we get their origins, that sort of thing. Um, there's definitely still some questions that we're left with at the end of it. But I mean, we we just watched a season of TV in Star Trek Picard that tied up everything fucking really neatly, and we all hated that. So I think that it's good that it still left some shit kind of uh, unanswered uh, in the end. 
Yeah, I think that my disappointment is that in killing off book, like you like really cut off that potential for like well what was he going to do next like it even closes it off to like fan fiction almost you know Mm -hmm. like whereas if you had just left him alive and like incapacitated we could have still wondered about it and i know that they explored his past in yeah there's a whole graphic novel that that went into uh book's backstory which i haven't read but i've been wanting to yeah i I probably never will all those if i remember correctly but I agree that Serenity is like very well executed. Like I think it's better executed than the TV show, and I know it's different because it is a film. But it was really well done and really held my attention better than most, if not all, of the episodes of the TV series. Like it was really like, oh yeah, this is engaging. Every scene is pretty engaging to watch and looked really good and i really like the fight choreography and stuff i like my like my my waifu stuff when i think i seem to remember that summer glau did a lot of her own stunts for this as well and some of those were really fucking impressive because i i definitely have watched a lot of the special features on the serenity blu-ray uh and i'm pretty sure that she did most of her own stunts that's pretty rad yeah she's a dancer originally so well she was in the buffy musical episode (laughs) <laughs> was it in the Buffy musical episode? Summer Glow. No. Wasn't she in it? No. No, no she's no. in a Angel episode yeah. called Waiting in the Wings that aired around the same time as the musical episode, if I'm not mistaken. Trying to remember what season that was. Was it season four? It's season three, three or four. Yeah. yeah. No, it's four. It's definitely four. And uh, the, yeah, the she's musical a ballerina in that was, one. Was the final season of uh, Buffy? No, was it, it was season, season six. six. Season six. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I like Serenity overall. Like I said, obviously, it's not any replacement for additional full seasons of Firefly, but it gave it gave me closure for the most part of this on the series, I think. Yeah, and I would say that there were, in terms of extrapolating what could have happened after Serenity, there was a, like a lot of interesting stuff. Like they wrapped it up just enough to like, okay, well, now we don't know what the fallout is of the Alliance after we found out about the Pax and about Miranda and yeah. that they created the Reavers. So it leaves you... I think you... that works. I think that yeah. works for me for, for Firefly. Like, I, I don't think that they would be necessarily the ones, you know, they, they would just be like, all right, we did our part. Let's get the fuck out of here kind of thing. And might, you know, they're not necessarily these like super plugged in, like following the news really closely kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're looking out for themselves kind of thing. So I like that. I you know, it's almost like seeing the world from their point of view that we're like we don't end up really seeing what what the consequences of that were. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, I I sometimes appreciate the happy little bow that series put on when they get the opportunity, but at the same time, Serenity felt so rushed to me, and it it didn't. It felt like an extended episode, but without all of the like juicy details that I actually really wanted. Yeah, well, it feels like they did a season and a half worth of storyline in one movie, is the yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> I think that whole storyline with Miranda and the Pax was probably supposed to be, what, end of season three, maybe season four finale? When it came yeah. down, to, if you think about it, and they, they were obviously they were going to pad it because like these twenty-two episode Joss seasons, we know as Buffy fans are a lot of filler, a lot of filler. There's a lot <laughs> of fucking filler in those things, and so and even in the first season of Firefly, this one season of Firefly, there were definitely episodes yeah. that were 
fucking filler, like, yeah. and could have been thrown in the trash full on. <laughs> Looking at you, safe. That goddamn. Yeah. Ugh, woof, woof. That, that's literally my next note, which is under gripes. So, do you guys have anything else good to say about Firefly before we start tearing into it a little bit? No, I'm good. All right. Well, nothing. Nothing is perfect. So let's uh, let's get into gripes on Firefly. I think Mark's been Mark's been chomping at the bit for this. So, Mark, go ahead. Actually, not really. My gripes mainly focused around Mal. This watch through, where I was just like, I I don't like him, and I don't find him as he's not as roguishly charming as Harrison Ford's Han Solo, and also a piss poor commanding officer <laughs> compared to all my Star Trek captains. So I was just like, I kind of don't like him this time. Also. Why are you yelling at Marina Bacharin? She likes you. Stop being such a fucking putz. <laughs> I do. She's so hot, you idiot. Go, go. I, I understand where that relationship, that back and forth is problematic, but I also love that whole will they, won't they? Like, both of them are so fucking stubborn that they won't just come out with it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, but I'm also just like, just go. So hot. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I mean, r- definitely. Marina Baccarin is a big motivation for rewatching Firefly for me. <laughs> yeah. There's no question. Like, this whole cast is so fucking hot. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, everybody's so pretty. I'm just like, wow, Joss, take it down a notch. Like, yeah. you're just obvious now at this point. Even yeah. I think, I think Evan Rachel Wood, who is now the, you know, fucking lead on Westworld was yeah. uh, one of the, one of the prostitutes on, on Heart. No, no, no. That's, I, I went and looked, but it's not her. Isn't it? Oh, I, it I, so, I thought the same so thing. Similar. It looks a lot like her, but it's not her. Okay. I don't think so. I guess she probably would have. Yeah. Maybe 18 years ago, probably would have been like 10 or some she shit. She was starring in 13 at that point. Wasn't she? Mm, I don't know. It's possible. No she was fucking old. No now. panties, <laughs> no bra, no panties. Oh, 13. What a great film. So bad. <laughs> Well, I mean, I definitely have, you know, some least favorite episodes. Paul already called one of them out. Yeah, safe is fucking garbage. Really doesn't do much for me. That's the one where, you know, the Serenity crew run into trouble trying to offload the cattle. And, like, it has a little bit of good stuff in terms of River's backstory, but, like, that's all B-plot. The main fucking storyline is just really meh and doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it's there's nothing good about that episode. <laughs> It's just front to back, like even the messaging is bad. Some of the acting is quite bad. And I don't yeah. necessarily blame a lot of the actors per se. Like there's the one, the nurse in the in that village yeah. who gets these really, really like bad lines. And it's Very not very fucking ham fisted. Yeah, and she's <laughs> yeah. doing her best, but there's not much to work with there, and I can't blame her for it. Definitely the worst episode of the season, but there are others that I'm like not super fond of. I definitely was did not like the message, which was the yeah, one where that fucking, was fucking Knox from Angel shows up. I hate that actor so much. He's so and bad. He's, he's so, so bad. bad. He I don't understand why Joss Whedon found him so fucking charming that he had to put him in three of his different shows. Like he was in Buffy and four. four? He's in Dolphins. Oh God, right. Oh fuck. <laughs> he's he's not good why i was waiting for him in a, i fucking i was waiting for him in avengers to be honest oh, with you because like he seems to love him so goddamn much so much it's like oh that's they're gonna replace chris evans at this point or something like that with that fucking idiot yep. no but i yeah that i hate that episode too that's one of like war uh is, that's war stories right yeah war stories no, the, and the message uh, the one where he's like right the message yeah. sorry sorry yeah 
Yeah, the message and War Stories is pretty bad too, in my opinion. Even though there's lots of Wash and Wash is great, the it, like Mal like fucking with him like to get him through the torture by like saying that he's gonna like have sex with Zoe Real and stuff. Wife. It's just like yeah. uh, this went on a little too long and wasn't that great to begin with. Things got yeah. weird. Yeah, got really weird. And the Heart of Gold episode where he's there uh, saving the whorehouse. I found that the messaging in that episode pretty ham-fisted and the weird boy horror thing was just weird. I don't know. There, it's It was another attempt at doing something progressive while just... I, and I understand wanting to d- like show all of this like male violence and the the dangers of toxic masculinity, but that was just like a very tough sit for forty five minutes. All right, so we talked about episodes, yeah, that we were not big fans of. Safe and the message came to mind. Any others that stand out for you guys, or as episodes that were kind of like useless or didn't really do much for you? Well, I mentioned Heart of Gold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. it wasn't super great. And yeah, the the one episode, uh, War Stories with Wash and Mal, and there, it just that one was one of the bad Mal episodes. Yeah, didn't quite work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, and I mean that that for me was supposed like that's the most play that we get with Wash at all, and that's one of my other major gripes with the series is like I. Like, I like Wash, but I really wish that he would have had more character development that he'd got. And again, maybe this is something we would have got more on his backstory or whatever in season two. But in retrospect on this walkthrough, watch through, I had kind of a realization that like his character is a it's a trope inversion, right? He's he's mostly defined by his relationship and his love for Zoe much in the way that female characters are far too often just a love interest for a male character. And like, you know, their whole point is just to be there to further the role of that male character kind of thing. And so wash is just the opposite of that for Zoe pretty much. Except that like, they don't do a good job of building Zoe's character either in that sense. (laughs) So it's just kind of like, it's kind of a wash. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I know that, you know, so many people are like real fucking heartbroken about Wash's death in Serenity. And it is like, it's a pretty iconic death. You know, the leaf on the wind, watch how I get a fucking giant spear through my chest. But like it, his death rings pretty hollow for me because I never really get that much development from him mm-hmm. as a character. Like he doesn't really have much of an arc. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm alone in that. <laughs> and as Paul said earlier, I have, I definitely have trouble enjoying Jane's character, but I think it's in large part because Adam Baldwin is a walking piece of fucking human garbage. Yeah, he sucks. He's pretty garbagey. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of properties are going to suffer. Like Joss Whedon's entire of yes, it has suffered. It's tainted. In the, yeah, a little bit. in the twenty something years or more, depending on which uh, series you're talking about, since he's it was like. The, he was my TV king, man. Like he was, I was watching his stuff every Tuesday, glued to that TV, rewatching Buffy episodes over and over again. Yeah. So like, and it's hard to reconcile now, like these series that have, in some cases, really great female characters with his apparently sometimes shitty treatment of women in his personal life. Yeah. Uh, you know, the emotional abuse and shit like that kind of thing. So you can see that kind of weirdly 
and grossly reflected in the way some of his like the side ca- uh, female characters are treated like yeah. to an extent saffron but like anara anara the yeah. way that the prostitutes in uh, heart of gold are treated like the one that is like the informant for the the main antagonist mm-hmm. and then has to like publicly oh, that fucking blow scene him is cringy oh cringy as hell fucking unwatchable i was just like no no i can't do this this yeah. is just not not something i need on my computer screen or any screen ever again god no like it actually kind of reminded me of the scene in harley quinn or birds of prey but harley quinn <laughs> where <laughs> which uh, actually they, yes yeah, <laughs> actually they, was harley where he's like trying to get that woman to dance and strip in that uh, the club oh, but yeah. like you empathize with the woman because she's just kind of like a bystander and in this one you're supposed to already dislike the woman because she's betrayed everyone and so is she getting her comeuppance in this scene or something i don't know it's something about that played real wrong to me this time around so yeah yeah yeah, I can see that. And my only other major gripe is, and while well, this is a pretty minor gripe, there's some pretty janky fucking dubbing and sound editing in Serenity that I, this is the first time I noticed, like watching through this time, um, where like they clearly like went back and redubbed some lines and did not redub them well. Yeah, the ADT is real bad yeah. <laughs> in Serenity in some points. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And then it's some like some sound them. editing where like a sound effect is just like way out of left field or just like really really imbalanced with all the other sounds or something like that. And it's like, Oh God, that was really jarring and took me out of it for a sec. Yeah. I noticed that in the fight scenes, um, especially at the end with Mal and the operative, there were some like yeah. punches or like a shove that was the sound effect was a punch and it was just like a little push. And you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not the sound that's supposed to make. Yeah. Yeah. He blew all the money on that fucking, uh, on that Reaver Alliance fight. Definitely. But- yeah. Any other gripes on Serenity or Firefly? I this is why I don't really want to rewatch it. In my mind, it's yeah. <laughs> I keep like looping back to watching Buffy and Angel again, and this has told me that I should just not yeah. for now. Like, just stay away Enjoy from it. Enjoy what it was for you. Do a selective watch, right? Like, go back and watch those those favorite episodes, kind of thing. Yeah. The problem is, like, I have to go dig it out somewhere now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm sure somebody's made a list, like those lists of the X-File episodes that are the ones that really drive the lore kind of thing. Drive that. Have you been, have you been seeing that on io9? Like, they've been doing, like, the, the must-watch yeah. Star Trek must-watch episodes and yeah, stuff, yeah. Yeah. which are, like, very expansive. Like, I think they picked, like, 117 out of 177 Deep Space Nine episodes. I was like, well, just watch <laughs> the whole fucking thing. Like, just either way. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, I that that's what th- this watch through has kind of done for me is just make me like even more leery to go back and watch Buffy and Angel again. I don't really have like gripes per se, just kind of I wish it had sat. I wish I liked it as much now as I did. I remember liking it back then cuz I remember being over the moon for this show when it first came out and being like, "Oh man, it really sucks it got canceled." And I would have kind of liked to have seen what they did going forward. But now like Paul like Paul already made the point, but like I was like, "Yeah, when you really think about it, like how much more did they really have to do and how padded out was that going to be in the interim like i'm sure they would have done interesting stuff here and there but like it just felt like they had enough plot to do like a season of tv and then after that what are we going to do yeah you know get, so. get a lost syndrome or something like that after yeah that. i guess i don't know i don't know i don't know and like, like i said joss like joss and that team were usually pretty good about like keeping those arcs going through those shows so i'm sure they could have figured something out but i just i feel like they didn't leave themselves a lot of place 
to kind of go. So yeah, well, I mean, that is like the the unending debate and sort of the thing I wanted to kind of close out, out with is the future of Firefly. Like this is the one show that there are almost constantly rumors and or wishful thinking over the years of like either a revival or a reboot and we've talked about those rumors on the uh, podcast in in our new segments in the past but i mean at this stage 17 years 17 18 years after the original 15 years after serenity would you guys actually want more firefly on tv or maybe on the big screen whether it is whether it's a revival of, of with the original cast or whether it's a total reboot what do you think nope I don't want it. I've my experience with reboots from this like <laughs> era of TV is yeah. for me is the Gilmore Girls re- revival. And I know that sounds weird because it's like not a genre TV show, but it was in the CW Joss Whedon era. Like it was airing yeah. around the same time as Angel, Buffy actually. And Angel, Buffy yeah. and Angel, specifically Angel. Like they were like Tuesday cohorts for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Buffy was on UPN, and they had to move. They had to put Angel with something that wasn't Smallville for some reason. Yeah, baffling. Yeah, so they put it with Gilmore Girls, and I've always been a big Gilmore Girls fan. But they did that fucking Netflix revival, Year in the Life, <sighs> and it was a disaster. It was like it's not that different from what Gilmore Girls was back then, though. It's just that it like you expect the sensibilities to update or modernize or something to be good. And there were good aspects of it. And I was glad to see certain actors come back. Like Lauren Graham and Kelly Bishop were both great, but like coming, like, do I want to see Adam Baldwin back on my screen? No. So I definitely (laughs) don't want like a straight up revival. And when it comes to like, let's explore this universe again, can, as long as Joss Whedon has nothing to do with it, (laughs) maybe but i'm not that intrigued like i'd rather just have like the star trek people invest in a good star trek series if i need sci-fi like give us star wars tv like we still have the mandalorian we still have mandalorian yeah and then the obi-wan show and yeah like that's the best spiritual successor this show's ever had is the mandalorian i think Mm -hmm. and it's probably ever gonna get yeah and yeah absolutely and still pulls together like that like sort of space western space yeah Base Kurosawa, like you know, Lone Wolf and Cub kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So like, yeah, I think I think at that point, like, I would just prefer that they just do. I wouldn't touch Firefly again. I don't. Maybe in ten years, I still think there's still too many people who are so heavily invested in the original series that like, if they do a reboot with a new cast, people will freak out, and it's going to be one of those shows where people still want. It's like the original series of Star Trek when they did TNG. People would just be like, "No, we don't want any of this." Yeah. And I mean, us having been down that road before, we'd just be like. It's just another reboot. Who cares? Until it comes out and is either good or bad, it like it's basically Schrodinger's bullshit at that point. So yeah, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't personally. Be, maybe it's because I haven't seen it recently, but I I would like to see like a a Firefly special almost like maybe one or two episodes or like a four episode arc where we just get to sort of revisit what happened in space and in that universe, but it's not something that I'm sure would work anymore unless Nathan Fillion could bring more Nathan Fillion to the role. Yeah. I I feel like it's just going to start to feel like one of those epilogues where there's really no stakes and it's just like, Oh, let's just visit with these characters for a while. And I'm like, I used to think I wanted that, but I definitely don't want that anymore. Cause like, but Paul Pokemon shield was really good. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna point out Cursed Child, but like that's I mean uh, 
Oh, yeah. Also, Captain Star Trek Picard kind of killed my desire yeah. for yeah, that. There at you this go. Point. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay? a big so, thing for me. No, no, nope. fuck. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. All oh. three of us had a lot of issues with Picard. Patrick Stewart is fucking great, but yep. it's he's the icing. He's the fucking like cherry on a shit Sunday. Yeah. Damn, I haven't watched it. Yeah, I mean that's our take. There, there's plenty of people that seem to love it, so maybe you might might enjoy it. But we were not crazy about it. But and that's that's my thing. Like I still have a pretty fucking sour taste in my mouth for Picard right now, and so I'm not. I think it might just be better to leave Firefly alone because I do still think that it it holds up pretty well for me. Um, and practically speaking, I think it would be really tough to get. Like these are all bit you know for the most part pretty uh, steadily working actors like Nathan Fillion's always got shit on the go Gina Torres always got shit on the go um, two dicks always working Alan two dicks yeah, always really fucking is. working like Jewel Stite doesn't have a whole lot on the go and I don't think Adam Baldwin does fucking thankfully I know Jewel State's Instagram is excellent though that woman is aged like a fine wine so yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think it would just be difficult practically to get all these people back together as for a reboot I don't see a knees uh, for me, at least, like I said, this series still holds up surprisingly well, and I think probably will. I I, I don't think it's going to, you know, even in like 10 years from now, I think it's probably still going to hold up about as well as it does now. I don't think see it going downhill like massively or anything like that. So, and I mean, there, as Paul and I mentioned, like there are graphic novels and books that have been written in this universe. So if people really want more with these characters, you know, that are not. 18 years older than they were when all this shit started, you know, like it, whether it's prequels, whether it's, you know, stuff that picks up where Serenity left off, like, you know, go fucking find those. I've been wanting to read those for years and just haven't found the time yet. But, and except Ooh. one of them, I think does go into detail into books, like, you know, sort of mysterious backstory, his, his actual history before becoming Shepard. Mark, have you actually read some of those that groan said, maybe. I, yeah, I've read, uh, I've, I've, I touched on all of the sequel series, like all the sequel comic series from Joss's stuff. So like I've read Buffy up through season nine and I've read Angel and up to like Angel and Faith starting, which is a couple of years old at this point. And I know they're booting into season 10 of those coming up or like Buffy season 10 is coming up, I think. Who knows anymore? And then, uh, yeah, I read a couple of the Firefly, like just grab trades and stuff like that here and there. They're Like they're fine for comic book continuations that like don't matter basically. You know what I mean? So... Plus the art. <sighs> yeah, that's the problem with those. The art on on those continuations, like especially if they're trying to do them like photo reel or close to photo reel, that kind of thing. Like yeah. you really just need to make a decision to do like, you know, stylized, you know, sort of in the spirit of kind of depictions of those characters. You gotta pay somebody who's real good. Yeah. Like me, who can do those fucking likenesses now, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's like that's it's it's a tricky thing to do. And like guys who are good enough to do that kind of shit or like Steve McNiven's and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like Stanley Lau's and those are cover guys. Now you're not getting those guys to do interiors on a Buffy comic for what they're probably paying 250 bucks a page. Like it's just not fucking happening. So fair enough. All right. Well, let's just move on to final thoughts. Let's maybe give a rating out of 10 for Firefly as, as you see it today, uh, Firefly and Serenity and your, your sort of summary of it. Let's go to, let's go to Christy first. And she has rosy views. Yeah, I do have rosy views. I still in my mind really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed the story. Yeah. I, I think that there's a couple of things that, 
any any show with age you sort of have to put aside. You have to watch it through the lens of the time when you actually saw it, which is very hard to do considering how uh, how good production value is now and how far we've come politically and, you know, sensibly and sensitively, I should say. And I think sometimes it's better to keep a show as beautifully intact in your brain as you can. It's always a plus. I agree. <laughs> what's what's your rating out of 10 then, Christy, as you remember Firefly? As I remember it, I would have given it an 11. Having heard this <laughs> conversation, I'd probably sit it from your perspective. It would make me worry that it's more around a 6.5 to an 8 between there. Mm, okay. Paul, how about you? Unlike Christy, like I can't divorce my current sensibilities from watching it recently just because... Like, I don't know, there's just too much, there's too much baggage, and watching it, I saw the frayed edges a little bit more this time around. That being said, though, there was a lot to like, and I think that the back half of this series, which, you know, like 14 episodes overall, when I guess... Including Serenity? And plus Serenity, was really, really good. And I would give those episodes like an 8 or a 9. But the first half I find so weak and so difficult to watch these days that like I would give that a six, maybe 5.5. So let's balance this whole thing out to a seven and say that this was probably better left buried in my fond memories when I first watched it at the end of high school, early university kind of times and leave it at that, Mm. I'd say. Yeah. All right. Mark, how about you? I'm kind of like dittoing Paul uh, a little bit. I probably get, go a little bit higher, maybe say like on a nostalgia thing, it would be an eight, I guess. If I was in the mood for it, maybe it would have been an eight. Maybe if I'd watched it the right way, it would have been an eight. Um, <laughs> right now it's a seven, probably generously also. I just really ground through those first couple episodes. I was having a real hard time, like getting into the spirit of things. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those Joss shows, Joss shows that now I look back on and kind of like, huh, they all feel kind of tainted to me now, and it bums me out, because I really like those shows, but eh. at least only doing like 16 or 17 hours of this tells me that right now, as opposed to getting like two seasons into Buffy and being like, oh, that's not working for me at all, so. (laughs) Yeah, of all the things you would have to discover this through, Firefly is probably one of the least offensive yeah, because like it's the one I had the less the least invested in. Also, you know what I mean. Like, there's like seven years of Buffy, five years of Angel, and lots of comics and shit in between yeah. here and there. Whereas Firefly was just like, oh yeah, that was the one that we kind of got to watch and then got canceled. So I never really got to be long term invested in any of the characters. It was just like they were there and then they were gone and then that was kind of it. You know what I mean? So. Mm. Yeah. All right. For me, like this is still probably like a nine out of ten show for me. Um, I again, like I, I'm trying to be relatively objective about this, you know, not trying to let my opinion now of Joss Whedon color it too much because obviously a lot of other people put a lot of work into the show to make it what I find to be a still very entertaining show with a lot of really compelling and well-written and generally well-acted characters as well. This is a show that is comfort food for me. I can, he said, whenever I do watch it, which is not rewatch it, which isn't super often, I it's something that I know that I can just put on and watch and I will mostly enjoy. So yeah, 
That is my feeling. All right. Well, with that, we can move on from Firefly back to our our own Earth that was, and we can go to our final Stingless segment, which is Geek Cred, which is where each of us just goes around and recommends something that we've been digging on recently or some point in the past for you to potentially go check out. So first, let's go to Christy. What's your geek cred this week? My geek cred this week is a game I started playing a couple weeks ago and just read, uh, just discovered it had a really good sale on is uh, Civilization. Okay. I was always a big fan of Age of Empires, and uh, this is not that. <laughs> this is much harder. Civilization <laughs> is a much harder game. But I really enjoy, I've, I've played through a few times now, and I've lost most games, but when you do win, you're just like, yes! Uh, <laughs> do you want to uh, tell people where they can find you on your podcast, too? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah that whole <laughs> thing. What other stuff you're doing right now, and so, where people can find you? Actually, this is kind of cool, not to toot my own horn too, too much, but the other podcast I'm on that I didn't leave this one for. <laughs> that you totally did. I didn't. Yeah, I totally, didn't. Totally did. I, uh, it's called Civilized. It's a dark comedy sci-fi, since we're talking about sci-fi, and it's about a couple of characters who are lost in space, kind of. They went to go terraform a planet and then something real bad happened and we keep dying, but we're iterative, so we can keep coming back, but it's a question of are we the same person that we were when we died? Do we have memories? Um, and it's it's dark, but it's fun. I play a character named Beatrix. She's very spunky and funny, I think. So it's like Miranda, but if the if the citizens regenerated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, we actually made the top 10 list a couple of times for comedy fiction in Canada on the Apple podcast charts. And we're number 14 in the predicted growth charts on uh, Chartable. Nice. Yeah, we've been we've been doing some cool stuff. I think we just hit over 150,000 downloads. We should really keep track of that shit at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it's it's been really it's been really fun. You can go rate us on Podchaser. I've also rated Dance Robot Dance the other day when I was on there. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. probably the only fucking rating that we have on there. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. That's but that's my that's my geek cred is um, go play Civilization. It's really fun. Cool, Mark. What's your geek cred for this week? Same spiel as usual. Follow me on Instagram mt underscore ballet, and you can go buy prints at blackraingallery.com. What was I going to recommend this week? Oh, AEW, man, Chris Jericho has been doing commentary the last couple of weeks while they're doing these weird, like, no audience shows, and he's just killing me. Just on commentary won't make me stop laughing. So go listen to Chris Jericho be a fucking idiot for two hours on Wednesdays because you have nothing better to do. Like, I know you don't. So just go do that. There you go. All right. Paul, what's your geek cred for this week? Drag queens, because first of all, drag race just in general. Well, just in general. I mean, there's a lot of great drag performances that are happening online these days. The winner of season two of Dragula, Bitch Puddin', has put together a, like a digital drag show where you get to see a lot of drag queens online um, doing their thing, and you can Venmo them if you want to give them tips and stuff like that. Very, very fun. But there's also Drag Race season 12 that's happening Ugh. right now. Ugh, and last I've been week. enjoying it. Oh, don't, I can't talk about it. I can't talk I, about it. Poor Jan. Oh, poor no, Jan. don't say anything. You got to cut that out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we've so got um, Secret Celebrity Drag Race is starting this week. Yes, um, 
Yeah. And it's actually airing as we speak, or it just finished airing because Untucked is airing right now. Wait, so is this like is this like Mass Singer, but they're drag drag yes. queens? Yes, exactly okay. that. And drag drag race alumna are the ones doing the makeovers for them. Mm. So we've got Trixie Mattel, Bob the Drag Queen, and Monet Exchange doing the 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 I'm So for sad. people who know what that's it's so good. For people who know, it's so good. And also, I want to recommend Trixie Mattel and Katya's web TV series called Uh, Uh. which is U-N-H-H-H-H. Um, on YouTube or on World uh, Wow Presents Plus dot com, it is fucking hilarious, and it gets me through some really tough times because they just talk shit about everything, and they give terrible advice about how to live your life, generally speaking. But they do it in drag, and they're fucking hilarious. It's unbelievably good. I just I could watch it endlessly, and I have honestly have like just fallen asleep to them bullshitting and had all one hundred odd episodes on a loop. So. You- you will never know joy before you hear the laugh of Trixie Mattel. <laughs> oh my god, it's so <laughs> good. Yeah, the, her scream when she just... The, the Trixie scream is iconic. Or Katya flailing her limbs at something yeah. that Trixie said about fucking her uncle or something like that. It, drag queens, you know? You, you, get, you get what you get, but it's great. So it's go so watch. Go watch. All right. I didn't know we could recommend that stuff. Paul, brilliant. my geek card this week season five of better call Saul just wrapped up last week and if you're not watching it you are fucking up uh it was another amazing fucking like super compelling very tense season of television and like it's one of the only non-genre shows that i watch and that speaks to its fucking quality overall i'm doing my binge this weekend shush your whore mouth shush your whore mouth i want to hear nothing more have you started oh no 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 oh yeah nope it is. It's. It's fucking good. It's, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow Saturday. Tomorrow is. I'm watching Better Call Saul all fucking day in my basement. So yeah. ten, ten episodes. Let me, let me know what you think. Yes, sir. All right. So that is us for this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you have thoughts on Firefly or Serenity or any of the things that we talked about this evening, you can tell us your thoughts. You can do so on Facebook at facebook.com/slash dance robot dance podcast. You can uh, tweet at us at drd underscore podcast. You can send us an email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you are not our Already subscribed to our podcast what the fuck are you doing you should go do that you can do it on uh, stitcher on google podcasts on apple podcasts on spotify and more or less everywhere that podcasts can be caught so with that i will say thank you everybody for listening and say good night christy good night everybody and thank you for joining us Woo-hoo! this evening as our special guest yeah. say good night mark good night everybody say good night paul good night and this is Tim saying, yes, sir, Captain Tight Pants, and signing off. <laughs> <laughs> I love those tight pants on Mal, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Curse your sudden but inevitable trail. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs>